0: You're never going to make it. You're not good enough. There's a million other people with the same stuff. You really think you're different, and you must be kidding. Think you're going to hit it, but you just don't get it. It's impossible. It's not
1: probable. Wow. You're responsible. All many right. Obstacles. We are Live Baby Live. Good evening. Hello. Good morning and afternoon. This is the Big Vito Brand coming to you Live Baby Live with another great edition of Getting Color. I hope everybody's having a great evening, morning, afternoon, and night. And I know when you listen to this, it'll be dynamite. I hope everybody's doing good. I am here with the co-host with the most, David Stalworth. That's right, the Virtue Man. Virtue, how are you doing today? Hey, man. What's up, Vito? Here I am, 9 p.m. Eastern,
0: doing this live on Twitch, getting color with the big Vito. And guess what? Vince Russo, who does fantasy baseball in a league that I am in, did the draft at the same time? So I am literally skipping my draft. My buddy's drafting my baseball team for me right now because I'm dedicated to doing this with you.
1: All right. So now this is all right. This is how we're starting off getting color. Okay. Now this is the hot breaking news. Finally, the big Vito brand has a case against Vince Russo. The first of its very kind. This isn't Bischoff, you know, whining about the booking. This isn't Pritchard whining about the booking or Cornette or Vince McMahon or Shane McMahon or anybody. This is Vito LaGrasso coming to grievance with Vince Russo. And let me tell you something. This is going to be good. Vince, you are under investigation. You are officially in restless court. I want to know about the two baseball leagues you are hustling. Now, everybody, listen, hustling, and not to mention that, you know, one of my guys, all right, is doing a show at this present time while you're doing a draft. Now, Vince, we go way back, and you couldn't cut the guy a break. I, You think of you, yourself, and I. You think of the Vince Russo brand. You know, on Twitter, it's Vince Russo, the brand, and it's everybody and Vince Russo and nobody else, you know, X, Y, and Z come see Vinny I get it, but to run a scam during the big veto time, this is you know erroneous. It's erroneous. Now, virtue, give me your gripes about Vince Russo. I want you to state your case. It's going to wrestle. We might even have to get Disco Inferno involved in this because this is this is beyond what I can believe. And he's been in plenty of wrestlers' court. Go ahead.
0: All right, here we go. So I've been doing fantasy baseball on Yahoo with Vince since about 2015. I actually won in 2016, and Mr. Russo had to PayPal me like 700 bucks. I won his league. Always has been one league. I know he does other leagues with TNA guys and wrestlers, but he's always done this brand league, one league. This year, 2019, he's doing two. He's got a team in both of them. Wow. Why Why didn't some of us get an opportunity to join both leagues? But he wow. gets to be in both. And on top of that, he knew I always record getting color with you at 9 because you guys used to always record it at 9, right? Yes, we did. Because- and I get put in the 9 o'clock league. I get put in the 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern League. There, why didn't he put me in the other league that drafted earlier today? This
1: is controversial. You know, and you want to know something, virtue? And you want to know something really messed up? Okay. Ask me. If I got an invite to the league. Can Did I get an invite? No.
0: Now, he's- why would he not in- invite you to the league? Now, I I don't know if he still does it, but he used to be in leagues with Dreamer and and some of the like the Impact wrestlers and all that. I I wonder if he's still in that league. So, if anything, why wouldn't you have been invited into that league? There has to be an opening every year. I'm in. I do other fantasy leagues. There's always an opening. Thank you
1: very much. Thank you very much. Um,
2: Miami, thank you for the bits.
1: Thank you for the bits. Bits for tits is still going on. We're going hard here. Vince Russo is under investigation by the Big Vito brand for the scandal of baseball leagues and not racketeering, but marketeering. That's right. Marketeering. That's the new word in wrestling, marketeer. Okay? Now, being that I didn't get an invite to have an inside or play the heavy to go collect for Vinny, did you get a new collector? Did you get a new Luca Brazzi? Did you get somebody to do your heavy work, Vin? Huh? Aren't
2: you supposed to
1: be his best friend? Sp- I'm supposed to be his best friend. You think you would tell me and cut me a slice like The Godfather gets? You know, hey, you know, thanks for you know being in the neighborhood. Here's an envelope. Did I even get that, Vince? Did you even go on my wish list and buy anything with all the winnings from your leagues, Vince? The answer is no. So Vince Russo is officially under investigation. This show is going to be – got to come up with a title. Vince Russo and Big Vito have beef finally. Finally?
0: Finally. Now, Vito – I wonder, is this going to come back and haunt his San Francisco Giants this year? Are they going to have, like, injuries or a bad season? Is this going to be karma? He always talks about karma. Is this going to be karma back on Vince and his Giants?
1: Well, I mean, the Giants really haven't been anything, really. I mean, they got the third baseman, uh, Ligoria and uh, they have Johnny Cueto is, uh, is on the injured reserve for another year, I believe. And I really don't believe that they're even like even in contention or consideration for a playoff run. And
0: they're in a division where they got the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, some tough teams. I mean, I would even say the Rockies are somewhat competitive, whereas I live in Cleveland, and everybody's saying, Indians, you've, d- you've made your team worse over the last year. Well, they're in the AL Central. It's a horrible division. The Twins might be the next best team, so the Indians can coast during this regular season, right? And then if they do want to make a serious run to October, make some changes later in the season when they can evaluate injuries, streaks. So, you know, again, I'm not a big Indians fan, even though I live in Cleveland, but they're going to be better than the Giants. We have a question. I know
2: Bloke made a comment that Vince already said the Giants are going to stink this year.
0: Maybe He's playing the reverse psychology. So if they do stink, he could say he said that.
1: Now, you know what, Virtua? I mean, the the fact that Vince said the Giants are going to stink this year, okay? And he's doing the draft while you're working for the big veto brand. I smell like scandal. This is big scandal stuff. He's hoping
0: that I put it on autopilot or I get the auto picks and I get some injured guys on my roster. Well, I was one step ahead of Vince. I had my boy Bubba, who has been doing fantasy leagues with me. He's beat me in leagues. He's one of my biggest rivals. He is drafting this team for me right now, and we're gonna split the entry fee and the winnings. So think about this, Vince. When you're on during the day, right, and you're trying to make those free agent pickups or make trades, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be on my phone. I'm gonna have Bubba on his phone, and guess what? That's two people running this team. I guarantee a victory. You are gonna
1: owe me PayPal first place money, guaranteed. I'm calling it now, Vince Russo. Call out the big the big Vito brand. Now, not to get you any hot water with the internet and Meltzer and anything, so I'll do it for you. The big Vito brand is calling out Vince Russo for baseball scandals. I hope this hits the press. I hope Gerwick.net picks it up. I hope WrestleZone picks it up. I even hope the WWE picks it up because they know they like to blow friggin' Vince Russo out of the water. You know, Bruce Prichard, if you're listening, you know, pick this story up. You know, Bischoff, Cornette. All the guys who hate Vince Russo, pick it up, because now his longtime buddy, Big Vito, we got beef, okay? And this is this is mob stuff, right? Big mob stuff. Speaking of mob stuff, did everybody hear about the big hit on Staten Island? Vito, you got to smart me up on
0: this. I heard about that, and when I read it, I, I thought it was one of those fake stories because I'm sitting there thinking, we still have that type of stuff in 2019,
1: we still have that kind of stuff in 2019 my friend
0: That so. is interesting Now my mom's maiden last name is Naples which is an Italian last name So there's in, in Ohio area the Youngstown area if you go on Google and you look up Naples there are some ties to some mob type guys in my family in my blood but I'm definitely nowhere close to you big Vito when it comes to that But I'm indulge me here with this
1: I just Organized crime is still a big thing? Organized crime is still a big thing. Organized crime still exists. It's just not on the uh, the social media out in the open like it used to be when John Gotti was doing things. It has gone more underground and more shush and a hush like it's supposed to be because it's not supposed to be advertised.
0: That's interesting because I wonder how – do we know how he got knocked
1: off? Well, the story says is that um, somebody staged a car crash in front of his house while he was having dinner. He ran out to see what happened. person jumped from the driver's seat, emptied out his – emptied about six, seven shots, left the scene. The dummy who did this – Left the fingerprint on the car instead of just you know using his rounds dropping the weapon or taking the weapon with him instead he touched the car so he left fingerprints on the car so that's how he got arrested
0: dude why don't we when i think of stuff like this i think oh man i'm going to see this as a movie on network on uh netflix or something can you tell me this why don't we get good mob movies anymore like we used to did they overplay them too much I mean, that's one of my favorite genres because it gets you as close to seeing that stuff
1: without having to worry about being in it. Well, let me tell you something. We got last good movie I saw uh, when John Travolta did Gotti, that was a pretty good movie. I mean, if you knew I grew up during that time, I came up during that era of mob. And that was the thing back then, you know, and that was the guy, and those were the families you worked for whether it was the, the Castellano family, you know, the Bellatis or anybody else in that time. And you know what? Being that you were part of that group in Staten Island, you know, you, you didn't advertise things. You, everybody just knew who you were, who you belonged to. If you say, yeah, this guy's with us and this guy, this legit happened where, you know, I tell everybody about the famous fight I had down in Gargiulio's. Gargiulio's is a famous uh, restaurant in um in Coney Island by Howard Beach. And I was bouncing one night. This is, uh, we have a question? Oh
2: no, come on, Abby uh, says, favorite
1: mob movies, Casino and Goodfellas. Casino and Goodfellas, very realistic and very nice. yes. So this is a true story, guys. So we are, uh, I'm bouncing one night for a Christmas party, trying to earn some money. So my buddy says, you want to bounce with us? We going to God, Julia. So I was already, you know, I was already had an in So I was like, yeah, you know, no problem, we'll go. So at the time I was 275, I was just starting wrestling. This is about 97, 98. Yeah, this would be before ECW, I think. And um, I'm about 275, I just come back from Puerto Rico and uh, doing a Christmas party, fight breaks out outside. So they said, Vito, fight outside, you know, go break it up. So I go outside, you know, and uh, there's a bunch of guys fighting. Thanks for the bits. Appreciate it. We're outside, and a fight breaks out, and uh, we think it's with our club. So the club, you know, we go out, we break up the fight. There's this guy, this older man, and he keeps coming at me, and I push him off, I shove him away. They bring bring him across the street. Then he comes charging at me again. This time I lift him up. I slam him on the windshield of the car, and I'm ready to crack him so hard it would have been—it would have knocked the, the tires off this car. And my buddy hooks me, hooks my arm. He goes, "No, he's a made guy." So once that, once that was heard, all of a sudden everybody just stopped fighting. And my buddies are dragging me through the fence. They had a huge fence but where they parked the cars and go Julio's. So they're dragging me by my suit jacket. I'm going after these five guys who were fighting and I'm going after the guy who came at me. And once they grabbed me behind the fence and they closed the fence, the guy goes, oh, you think you're a tough guy? Why don't you come out? I said, I will kill all you motherfuckers. I said, I don't give a shit who you are. I go up over the fence. They're pulling me down. And i, I lost my mind. I was, going, I was, I was that crazy. I would, I would fight five guys, I would fight seven guys. It didn't matter. So they called me down, they pay me. They said, you know, all right, gotta go. I go home. Next day, my brother calls me. My brother calls me and says, "Vito, did you get in trouble last night?" He says, "No. Why did you get into a fight?" I says, "Yeah." I says, "I was in this club." I says, "And no, I was in. He said, "He said, Vito. He says, this is all over." I said, "They're looking for you now." I said, "The old man just went to 18th Avenue." I says, "Are you serious?" And at that time, me and my old man weren't really when we were speaking, but my old man was like, you know, nobody's going to touch my son. And we all kind of like, you know, when it came push to shove, if you need connections, you know, it was there. But I never, you know, banked on my father to help me out. So he went down to 18th Avenue and then saw my buddy. He said, Vito, he says, I got some news for you. I said, what's up? He says, the guy you you, you were gonna bang last night was a made guy. He says, there's a big meeting going on in Bar Juniors and they want you back. They want you dead. I said, that's fine. I really don't give a shit. You could tell me come on down and start now and find me. I don't care. That's how crazy I was. I didn't give a shit. So, when we, uh, my brother calls me he says, listen, I think everything is calmed down. I said, then uh, my buddy came up, found me later on, and he says, uh, you know, Vito, you know, I've got some news for you. what's up? He says, well, they had a meeting at Gargiulio's with five brothers. He says, you're not allowed on Gargiulio's ever again. You're bored. And he says, don't ever go there. He says, because things will be bad. I said, well, what about the guy? I said, the guy got in trouble because he's a made guy and he's fighting outside the coffee shop. His fight was from the coffee shop next door, not the club guard Julio's. So I didn't do anything wrong technically. And they said, he went out to break up a fight. He didn't do anything wrong. He's not to be touched. Then when they found out who I was with in Staten Island, I double couldn't be touched and nobody was coming to hunt me down because I was protected, not from just my father, but from who I was with in Scotland Island. So nobody was coming to get me. So 11 o'clock at Island Fitness, who comes who comes up after I walk out of the gym was a guy and this other guy. I threw out my bag and I was like, all right, let's go get no, no. So we're not here to fight. So I'm mean, just here to tell you, you know, this is forgotten about and this is squashed. Don't so ever come stand. Don't ever come to Gargios or Coney Island again. And I thought I was gonna get. I thought I legit thought I was gonna get six, you know. But the guy came and he made sure he had somebody with him because I was gonna kick the shit out of him. And I really didn't care. And I think they got the gist of I was just a crazy bastard. And I really didn't give a shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah.
0: I don't have any stories like that. So wow, all I can divert to is talking about great gangster movies because i have no real life experience with that i'm a andy garcia mark and a, um al pacino mark so the the three godfathers and the untouchables those are my go-to mob movies
1: yeah but you know what it is too it's like you know when you know when i was coming up you know i, I was given jobs you know well uh, i was given labor jobs you know more or less you know somebody's bodyguard or somebody's you know, I was to watch the job and, you know, hey, here's the job, 33 bucks an hour. I want you to sit here and watch this and I want you to sit here and watch him. So, and then it was kind of like, you know, I worked my way into where like, you know, I had an easy job, I really didn't do nothing. And all I was doing was getting paid. And then, you know, I was entrusted, but not by just my family, but somebody else's family. And then, you know, It was just one of those things where it was a good situation for me at the time and uh everybody knew you know i was bouncing in the clubs i never got beat you know what i mean i I made my way you know and when it came time to kick ass and do nuts do something you know that's how i made a name for myself in staten island so like you know it was pretty good so um
0: dude now let's go over to chicago area a little bit did they ever find jimmy Hoffa's body
1: no I've had I what, do you, what like emails all the time. So what
0: do you think? Like chopped into pieces and put in Lake Michigan? Like like really, what do you think? I mean, I'm sure there's a hundred different takes on
1: this. Verizon Bridge.
0: Interesting. And that's there in Chicago, right? Where's it, that at?
1: When it was on the construction of Verizon Bridge.
2: New York. So oh.
1: you know where it is? Wasn't Hoff's
0: big uh, organized crime scheme though, based out of Chicago? Wasn't he the Chicago one, or am I thinking of
1: somebody else? You think somebody else? Okay. You know, but that's all for our mob hits today. So Vince Russo, consider yourself on the list. I heard that saying before. You're on the list. Yeah. You that. You're on the list.
0: I Next. don't know. It's it's I'll, somebody that's somebody out there.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know his name. I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Anyway, on our list of stuff we got to talk about on the show, and remember, Bits for Tits, guys, Bits for Tits, Virtue, why don't you give us your plugs real quick before we go on with the show? I hope everybody's enjoying this on Twitch. All right, so follow me on Twitter,
0: at NoDQ underscore Virtue. You can also go to my Facebook, which is easy to go to, because it's NoDQ.com slash Virtue with a lowercase v. If you go to those two social media platforms of mine, you're going to see all my videos, all my columns, all the stuff
1: I do with the Big Vito brand. It's all right there. All right. We just had a question about who would be a memorable mob figure in uh, the WWE. Right now, no one. The only one who could be somebody is the Don Big Vito himself. All right.
0: Now I'm going to piggyback off of that. Vito. Right. I think you've hinted at this. You being Enzo Amore's bodyguard. That would be mob. Those two. Put them on TV and let you guys run loose. That's I, what I
1: think. Enzo I, Amore and Big Vito. If that came to happen, the two most hated people that WWE doesn't like, Enzo Amore and Big Vito walking in, getting some serious seat, not only from the office, but from the fans. <laughs> Dude, if they were creative, Vito...
0: They would hire you two, and part of your gimmick would be going around like gangsters, looking to, you know, beat up people, because we do got to keep it within the realm of, you know, peace politically correct. But so not capping people, but beating them up, finding out who's responsible for concussions, for letting them happen. Uh-huh. Why not address the elephant into the room and bring you on TV? That would be freaking ratings.
2: That's great. That would be various I'm, I'm not
0: I'm not trolling. Vince and McMahon needs to open dude, they they're breaking the fourth wall down with Ronda. People want to see that stuff.
1: That's the truth. And then I finally get to the Daniel Bryan and was standing there by the uh, standing there by the wall of cooler and go, I know you're from somewhere. I just forget. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm telling
0: you, man. And there's there's plenty of material for writers then. Of course, would that writing crew that they have be able to write up to your guys' talent or would they pull you guys down to their shitty writing talent? You know, that's what Vince Russo always says, that that, that happens. Talent gets pulled down these days.
1: I got to tell you something, okay? All seriousness, if this came to happen, where they put me and Enzo together and he had somebody like me with him, not only as a bodyguard, but somebody to like help mentor him in the wrestling business and really be, you know, cool with him and you know teach him right and wrong or whatever. Because I mean, he has experience. He kind of got a raw deal, kind of misunderstood. But if you look at it, that guy had two o five live off the hook every time he came on TV. He was ratings. He had merchandise. He was a money maker for the WWE. Age. Yep. They just and, dropped the ball. Away. And it's not like they pushed him to the
0: moon. He was on 205 Live, which is on the WWE network and YouTube. Right. Um, he was a cruiserweight guy, but yet he was making. When he left, when they fired him, that, that show tanked. It went like it was in the top 10 on the network. It tanked. They actually moved it to another night or before. I mean, he literally moved a needle, right? And, and him and Big Cass, I mean, I don't know what they're what Cass's issue was because he stayed there a little bit longer but then eventually got released. They sold merchandise. Enzo and Cass' merch was right towards the top. I think it was actually in the number one slot at some point. Sports entertainment, veto. But lo and behold, WWE had to let go of Enzo. You want to talk about, didn't Enzo just recently say he thinks the product today is shit? What do you have to say about Enzo's recent take on WWE? You think that's just him being salty, burying him because he's not there? Is that him believing in himself so much to where if he was there, he wouldn't say that because he'd be like, well, no, the show's not shit. I'm on it. What do you, What's your take on Enzo recently saying stuff like that? Well,
1: I got to tell you guys, you know, when you are uh, a draw and you, are, you know you are running things on TV, okay, and um, – you get released, but, you know, you keep your words to out. but you know what you did, and everybody knows how you presented yourself. Was he money on TV? Was he the man? Was he, like, making dollars and getting your attention? Absolutely. Probably one of the best entrances ever in the WWE history, second to none to The Undertaker. That's where I rate that entrance. Now, if you're talking about um, – Work rate in wrestling, he wasn't a wrestler, he did the best he could, but you expected that because he carried it with the stick. Now, him coming across and saying the product isn't what it is, he's telling the truth. The product is not what it is, and the product is not up to stuff, and everybody knows it. So he's not lying, he's not burying it, he's just saying that the product is not where it's supposed to be. WWE is supposed to be at six, seven million. It's lucky if it's making two million. But the fact that they are making dollars hand over fist, they're doing something correct. As we talked about before we got on to before we got on air, is the fact that their revenue is so up and people are paying for it. But are they paying for it out of um, habit? Habit. Are they paying for it out of necessity? Are they paying for it because there's no other wrestling company out there to watch? So here's here's what I want to like ask
0: because. Dave Meltzer. Yep, we said his name. Recently said that in 2018, last year, he said WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, was the worst wrestling promotion. Now, I know creative and booking has been shoddy, right? I understand that. We know Meltzer is a Japan mark, a Ring of Honor mark, a Young Bucks mark, a Cody mark, AEW now.
1: But to say a company. He's a Vince Russo mark you about
0: But I mean, to say a company is the worst of its kind when WWE made more money than any other wrestling company combined in 2018, right, employs more people, including ring crew, TV crew, all of that, than any other wrestling promotions combined. By default, you can't say it's the worst. You might say it's in the middle of the pack because you don't like creative. It might be towards the bottom. But the, that is a complete troll by Meltzer and I'm calling them out. It's bullshit. I, I understand people don't like creative and
1: booking. Question there. Go ahead. You do. Hold if
2: on. you were, if you remove the income from the Saudis, with WWE still be making that much money?
0: Yes. Not, not obviously, but you know, I don't mean to cut you off. They Sorry. wouldn't have the Saudi money, but they sold a stadium show to Australia. So if they didn't have the Saudi money, they would have sold another show to Australia. The fact is, yes, domestic ratings are down. Yes, house show attendance, live attendance on SmackDown is down. But they, the domestic part of their income, isn't the end-all, be-all like it used to be. The network is in 50 plus countries. They tour. They have global income, and it makes up for that. Now, obviously, if they didn't have the Saudi deal, the Fox deal, the USA deal. Their stock wouldn't be at $92 a share, but it would probably still be pretty high from what it used to be. Vince McMahon, why veto. He can throw money away trying to do the XFL for a second time. What person fails at something like that in a market where he has no experience and tries it again, somebody that has that extra money that makes it from what he's great at? They
1: make money. Well, it could be a tax write-off because every business has tax write-off, guys. And- yeah. Tell you that it could be, you know, uh, he's bored. He wants another project to do. I don't know. I'm not in his mind. But to say that, you know, he can, uh, you know, he could do all these things and uh, he can make things happen. I mean, hey, good for him. He's got that kind of cash flow and he's doing it. We have another question in there.
2: Yes, it says 2.5 million watch. Who cares about 612 dummies that voted because it only is a 612? Votes all
1: together, okay. So 612 votes now no, for the Meltzer
0: poll. But right. the fact is, if that so 612 people only voted that Meltzer still had the gall to put that out on his. I mean, Meltzer decided to put it in his observer or whatever he does, so I still blame Meltzer.
1: It's just it's asinine, you know. But I think everybody gives him too much credit for what he's doing and like making you know, we're, we're just talking about we're not trying to give him a public, he's just conversational piece,
2: yeah. But
1: you know what. When you look at the stuff, I mean, I could put up ridiculous stuff every day, and people would say, Vito, you're an ass. But I don't want that. You know, I put stuff up once a week. I talk about good things. I'm giving honest opinion. I don't bury it. When there's good stuff on WWE, I'm the first one to say, I like it. It's good. It's great. I love it. When there's this crap on TV, you know, and I get up and walk away from the TV, I just I can't do it. I just, you know, I get sick to my stomach. And, you know, if you ever looked at something that I looked at, and I, I was thinking the other day, if you look at the writers they have and the people they have there who are writing the TV, okay, follow along. If you go about all the writers they have, how many writers are on the staff who have actually been involved in top-rated um, storylines and bookings, and how many of them have been in um, in a company where they've been on top? We have a question first.
2: Because Meltzer is a jabron. Vito wears glasses indoors,
1: so we're not all perfect. are not all perfect, no. First of all, I often
0: wear glasses indoors, too, and Vito's a wrestler. I played a manager in the Indies. It's cool, bro. Wearing glasses indoors is cool. Bret right. Hart even thought so.
1: Okay, now getting back to my analytic of view here and i think if everybody follows along they'll get the gist of it like i said how many of the new creative producers and writers have been in top angles and been involved in being a wwe superstar where they can actually write good storylines that make money i want you to name the guys who are the writers and creative and who are the agents And tell me if those guys are capable of putting together a quality show that will draw ratings.
0: The only one I'll mention, and it's still suspect, is Bruce Prichard because he's been there before. But we know the history of what happened with him being one of Vince's go-to creative guys, especially in the Attitude Era. But, I mean, Bruce played the brother love gimmick on TV. He was over as a heel interviewer. Um, He helped get The Undertaker over early on with the whole DiBiase brother love thing before Paul Bearer came, and now he's back, and it looks like there's some effort. I don't know what he's responsible for, but the stuff blowing up on social media, the breaking the fourth wall, I might say maybe maybe he has a little bit to do with that, but
1: outside of him, which I'm suspect on, Vito, nobody, (laughs) right? Nobody. Now, they just hired a bunch of creative guys. They just hired a bunch of producers. What are they producing if they've never been in the ring as a top flight talent or been involved in a top flight money making storyline or, you know, uh, rivalry that drew a dime?
0: About it. Vince likes his yes men and that's what the writers are today and I believe that none of them are the, the compelling writing that they could give Vince they're afraid to tell him stuff because they'll think Vince will fire them for being outside the box they're they're too cookie cutter today Vito and, and Noel if someone calling me a jabron that means I'm doing something right so, so. I've already done said I'm a mark I'm not on here trying to be a pro like Vito Vito has me on here for the no DQ the wrestling with wrestling demographic reaching out to those other sites. I'm a columnist.
1: So thank you, Vito. And and you know what? And and you know, we have a question. And Brett
2: says, Don't worry, Virtue. Data Warrior is going to fix all of this mess.
1: Data Warrior is going <laughs> to fix all. There's been no disrespect good for her. Data Warrior. Good. We're not knocking you. We're not harming you. We're not saying anything bad. We're
2: not harming you.
1: We're just saying like it is, you know, from a journalistic and analytic point of view, you know, you're watching the TV like we are, and you're saying to Vince, hey, this sucks. You have a bigger name than I do because you're ultimate warrior's wife. But when you look at the same kind of, you know, analytic thing, we're watching the same crap, both of us on TV. So yeah. it's not too far-fetched. And then when oh. you talk, when you talk about Angel Mori having to say – He's been on the top. He sees what it was like. He knows what it's like to roar the crowd. I, not to say that I've been on the tippy top, but I know what it's like to be in a hot storyline with the dress to be the focal point. You know, to be to be that guy. We have a question. We have a question. No. Oh, we just uh, have. Okay. Anyway. Um, it's very incoherent
0: there. Yeah, Vito. You know, I mean, it. You know, if Dana Warrior, maybe Bailey will come out in tassels and face paint like the Warrior. Maybe that'll be her contribution to creative. Well, and now why I said Bailey? Because I don't know why not.
1: All right. Now you're talking about the storylines. You're talking about probably the most guy who is the most beloved and going to the most hated and talked about. You know, shittiest gimmick going on today. Daniel Bryan with his gimmick of the underdog, which is getting no love from anyone but seems to be the hero. We have a question. Yes.
2: uh, Kevin Sullivan. Did he ever work with Vince McMahon?
1: I believe Kevin Sullivan worked for WWE a very long time ago. I don't know if he worked in a booking capacity.
0: He also asked, um, could Kevin help
1: WWE TV if he worked there today? could have Kevin Sullivan help WWE TV. I'm sure he could help in the sense of bringing psychology to the angles to make it believable on TV. That makes sense to people? Can that be yes? That could be an absolute truth. Paul Heyman tries to bring his, his, uh, his philosophy on wrestling to the table. It might not be well-liked because he's outspoken. Kevin Sullivan comes in and tries to write some storylines or bring some psychology, just like in essence, on Anderson did. Maybe it'd be receptive. Maybe it wouldn't, who knows,
0: but I agree. I mean, and again, Vito, there's the whole thing where if there's too many cooks in the kitchen, does it ruin things? You know, do I great ideas get lost in the shuffle? Um, I, I look at back the most successful era of ratings, which I'm like a broken record. Was the Attitude Era, and that creative team was small. It was just a few guys in Vince's uh, dining room. And look what happened in WCW. It originally was Bischoff, right? Maybe, maybe Sullivan, maybe a couple of. And then the egos it imploded. And look what happened to WCW because too many cooks in the kitchen.
1: Well, you know, I'm going to say something out there, and you know, I know Noelle's listening. I know you're listening. to People out there, and I want to ask a general question. We have bits. Thank you very much. Bits for tits. Bits for tits. That's
2: virtue because
1: he's not a jabron.
2: All
1: right. Not a jabron. I mean, he is a Gibraltar. Yeah, I'm a jabron, so you get 10 bits. I'm cheap. I have for everybody out there, and I want everybody to really think about this when they're listening to this in their cars, when they tune in tomorrow, or when they put this on you know, during their, their time when they listen to Getting Color. We talk about Bischoff, we talk about Pritchard, we talk about Russo, we talk about Cornette we talk about Vince McMahon before these guys came along, the wrestling business had other writers and other creative people. Can you name them who made wrestling successful? You're putting me on the spot. So basically who worked with
0: Vince in booking shows, say pre 92. Um, gosh, I mean, Lawler was still doing his Memphis stuff and I'll argue. I mean, Lawler was very creative to me you got to give Lawler part credit to sports entertainment just as much as Vince McMahon because Lawler did the Andy Kaufman stuff. But
1: right. God, I don't know who worked with Vince before 92. What's that? I don't know if you've seen, but I posted on Facebook the Eddie Gilbert angle, which I was a part of Eddie Gilbert Lawler was skull on crush came running down to the ring. And I got to be part of that great angle. A feud that went on for years. You are talking about, uh, you talk about Jerry Lawler, and Eddie Gilbert, you talk about a Vince McMahon Sr., who made realism and made real angles. Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan before it was Hulk Hogan, a Pedro Morales, a Standard Man Stasiak, all the characters that we look in, look in awe of today, right? So there's three guys, and you have a guy named Crockett, you have a guy named Bill Watts. You have Still a watch. watch. That's but, a good call right there, you know. So, so I just named a bunch of guys who before the WWE became the mainstay, these guys actually drew in territories and drew money in other places. That's where we got the Rock and Roll Express from. That's where the Macho Man came from. That's where um, Coco B came from, from Stagger Lee. The original Hulk Hogan, Austin Idol, the Moondogs, you know, um, Magnum T.A. Could we put Vern Gagne in this discussion? Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about some of the greats in wrestling that we don't talk about today because they're not in the, in the WWE era. But, you know, when we didn't have those, the WWE, we had that wrestling, and that was the brand of wrestling that made money. And those guys made money in the wrestling business. So you bring this up, and I'm thinking of today,
0: this ridiculous, this ludicrous Kofi mania. And if I were to go back in a time machine, back to this era we're talking about, just because I'm 38 years old, let's go back to the late 80s because I remember wrestling. I know you went back a little farther than that. And and I get YouTube. I can go see anything in the network. But – Let's go back to the the golden era of WWF, the late 80s. Kofi-mania today would be the equivalent of back then of having Coco-mania in the main event of WrestleMania. No, 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 no. Because what happened, Vito? Wrestlers aren't larger than life anymore. They are are characters. They are exactly that, wrestlers. And and, uh, I'm losing interest in a lot of these wrestlers.
1: What do you think about that, me saying that? I, I like the characters. I think the characters need to come back a la Scoban Crush, the German. Right? And, you know, everybody talks about, you know, characters. A um, Let's see. Before von Crush, there was uh, Skull Murphy. There was the bad foreigners, right, who everybody hated. You had the Iron Sheik. You had... Um, Throw some names at me. Fritz von Erich. Who?
2: Fritz von Erich.
1: Ivan Koloff.
2: Fritz von Erich.
1: Fritz von Erich. Ivan Koloff. How bl- far back did Bad News Brown go? That Bad News Brown. You talk about guys who were villains. Like when, you talk about Nikolai Volkov, the Bolsheviks. Yep. You know, talking about you know all those guys. You know who. who did back- Backland have a heel run? No. No, crazy. he just went that was later. That was later.
0: Never mind. That was later. That was like, and when he came back, and Diesel and Brett in the nineties.
1: That's I, what I was thinking of. I, you know, and even the Mounties. Remember the Mounties? You know what I'm saying? Talking about here heel. Ludwig, Borga. That was a name that was undefeated who broke Tatanka streak. That guy could have been bigger than life. And
0: and would you argue that these guys that we're mentioning were very interchangeable as needed into the main event scene, whether it was a heel to go against the babies like Bruno or Hogan versus today they're putting wrestlers in the main event because the fans chant their names. But then what happens, what I've noticed, Becky, like why are we not talking about Becky mania? She's supposed to be the hottest thing going into WrestleMania right now, but because they've kind of did the triple threat angle with her, Gave Rhonda and Charlotte a lot of the attention. Now the fans are calling Kofi Mania. They are never happy today, Vito. And what happens is when their when their favorite flavor of the month gets to that chase and, and gets it, then they don't like them anymore. Then they gotta find the next person they want to cheer to the top. And I just remember back then they could just be fans and react organically. That's what I miss. All right. One second, we got a question.
2: Greg said people used to
1: laugh at him when he would say Adrian Adonis was a great character. Adrian Adonis, another great character. Okay, like I get you. And your answer to your question, like if we said this, and one of my view on this, Kofi Kingston has a cult following. That's why he's over right now. It's a cult following, guys.
0: I'm going to I'm gonna start tweeting Coco Mania. Let's see how people are going to hate me even more now. Whatever. Coco, you, you get it, right? Coco. I'm gonna say the only thing we're missing is Frankie. Wasn't that his
1: bird? No, I get it. I get it. You uh, know, and I see what you're saying. And you're being, you know, and you're trying, you're making a point, but then you want to make you, you're kind of like, and don't take this the wrong way, you're kind of mocking it. You know, if you're gonna stick with your point of being that you don't understand it, it's a cult following. You know, Coco beware he was over for what he was. He did the bird thing, he was charismatic, he had a lot of charisma. He had, the bird. he had a gimmick, and he went, he went for a while. You know what I mean? He lasted a long time. He was popular. I agree. I'm, and Kofi's popular, but I, they're mid-carders, in
0: my opinion. And I hate saying that because I'm not like a worker, but, like, that's my opinion, my observation, and it's just annoying, you know. But I get what you're saying,
1: though. Like, okay, I'll give you a for instance, okay? Like, you do, um, you do Aaron, Aaron's show. Yep. No DQ.com. yep. dqcom Yep. NoDQ.com. Now, you have Aaron, you have you, and who else do you have on the show now? Big G and TJS. Yeah, a far
0: cry from Jexy and the big veto, but you know, right. it is oh, what it is.
1: From the, those four, when the four of us were doing that show, it was a very successful show where you had four different opinions. You had one legit guy. You had three other... Uh, young analysts who come along, one established analyst who had his own brand. You know, you had yourself and Jessica, who was really new. So you have four different views, right? Now, before us four got together, who was the previous four? Well, it wasn't it was wasn't even a four-panel
0: show. It was really one guy's show, and he did it with Aaron. Um, we won't mention names because of some controversy the way he left the site. And then he pulled me in because then he was like, well, let's have three people so we can have more opinions. So that's kind of where that started. It really started with a one man
1: show to a two-man show. You know, it evolved. Okay. So, you know, from the original four man show, which you'd say, I know we got a lot of bits for tits, and we got a lot of people saying stuff in there. Um, just give me a second, guys. Like from the original four man show to the this four man show, I'm sure you have comparisons, and I'm sure if you wrote You know which are the all-time favorites, which four would you pick to be on your all-time favorite panel, I bet you'd be surprised at what the people would pick and what they would like. Would they pick the original four? Would they pick two and two? Would they pick a mix? Would they stick with the new four versus the old four? Would they stick with the original two? What would the people choose? And that's how you get what's a good product and what's a bad product. Well,
0: I would go with the highest ratings, and I would say Aaron, me, you, and Jexy. I mean, that, that's whatever. You know what I mean, though. I'm a numbers guy, Vito. Sorry.
1: When you talk about the numbers for that show, I remember
0: we used to get three or 4,000, right? Yeah. What are you getting now? It's We were still getting around the same, but depending on if some of the WWE storylines are really frustrating people, and that's our main topics— We'll be lucky to get three some weeks, but it's still you know it's still flat lines there. It's not like we've been dipping, but right. uh, it, we're not hitting much higher than that
1: like before, right? But the ratings drop because the talent drop. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, I'll agree with that. All right. So I mean, and that's what you have, you know. That's what the thing is, guys. You know, you got to have talent to portray the characters that everybody wants. You know, and like Daniel Bryan, he's you know right now he's shitting the bed and like they don't like his uh, gimmick. I just think with the beard and everything and all, all the stuff that he's doing being a heel and the following, like I told Aaron, I would love to see him join the Wyatt family, and if they can make that a strong core for for a long time, I think that would be the ultimate best. And I think he would thrive in, in a uh, in a group instead of a single because a single, I don't think he's going that well. But I think if he got with the Wyatts, and you, I think he would – they would do everything out of the box, him better than being Randy Orton with the Wyatts. I think the original Wyatts. And I think if you put those four back together, I think you'd have something great. So if they
0: do Kofi Mania at WrestleMania and Kofi versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship, which it's looking that way, you're, uh, you'd, you'd rather see Kofi get the push than Bryan.
1: Is that what you're saying? Or am I putting words in your mouth? I would, say, I would say give Kofi a chance to have a push, and you know, let's see what he could do. I mean, they don't have anybody in the box right now.
0: Well, keep it on Brian, and keep shoving him as that villain, that earther, that vegan, that the guy you don't like. But uh, we'll see. You know. Oh, by the way, in case uh, I'm going to scroll back through Twitch real quick here, Vito. Someone mentioned um, you know we know him as the one man game gang, but he became a keem. Somebody thought they like. Uh, His character was great. Then they mentioned Slick is the manager, the Reverend Slick. So some shout outs there. And of course, someone asked, will Getting Color be moving back to Vince Russo's The Brand, or will Vito be starting something new? So Noel kind of answered that in the chat. Do you have any input on that you want
1: to tell everybody here on Getting Color? We are doing a new show for ourselves. We're doing something different, and it's called uh, This Week in
2: Wrestling History.
1: This Week in Wrestling History with Big Vito Lagrasso, And we took the concept from an old show that WWE had.
2: Oh, I created this
1: concept. OK, we created <laughs> this concept, but I, I thought we got it we got from some other no, concept. It anyway, it's going to be something this week in uh, wrestling history where we go back on the day. Because what people don't realize is that I've been wrestling for 27 years, and I've been involved in almost a lot of good stuff in twenty-seven years. I've probably been in it, know of it, or you know, was in it. You're so
2: backstage when it happened. Backstage
1: either. when it happened. So when you're talking about the great Russo Hulk Hogan thing, how many people know that I was sharing a dressing room that night with Hogan? It was just me and him in the room. That was it. How many oh, people at the beach? Two thousand. <laughs> yeah. How many people were at the Steiner uh, DDP fight? How many people? Um, Going. how many people were there the night Brett got concussed by Goldberg how many people were there when um
2: wrestlemania with
1: Donald Trump Hold on wrestlemania with Donald Trump how about Sid when he broke his ankle and I was there during the booking meeting when they told him to jump off the second row to do this and he was like no I don't know I never did it before he said yeah you got to do something different so he <laughs> broke his ankle and uh, but you know that's where it is right now I why think they asked you about that Vito, on Sid why didn't he say F you, no, I'm not
0: doing that spot. I mean, that's Sid. Is he? Was he? I mean, I know he was a different person backstage
1: and on camera, but like, why didn't he challenge that more? Because it was something where John Laurinaitis wanted to see guys do something different, and John had that thing where he can convince guys to do try something different just to beef some stuff up. It's just like it was a, a pay per view. I'll give it to you quick. Um, it was me john and batista were standing there during a uh we're going over batista's match and john was picking my brain said, what do you think dave could do i said well he hasn't jumped off the rope and he hasn't done a few things like that i think if you have a spot where he can knock somebody down jump off the rope knock them down again and give him some flight i think it would be good and a lot of times when i would stand around the ring they'd say vito what do you think about this or vito what do you think about that and i love being involved like that because i'm very creative and I could look at guy and say okay he could do this safely he could do that safely well if you remember I don't remember what what show it was or what pay-per-view but it was the first time Dave went off the top rope and gave a flying shoulder tackle or gave something flying off the top rope and he never did that before and people popped they said wow Batista went off the top rope and that's because we were all talking about it and I said Dave what do you think about doing this I said I think you could do this he said well I'm a big guy he if something different is safe. If you can't do it up top, do it off the second. Now so, you did you did the elbow. Was that your first big aerial move or did you do other stuff? No, the elbow was the first aerial move I did. Um I used to do, I used to when I first started dive over the top rope. But sometimes guys would catch me side guys didn't so I kind of stopped that. You know so, smart man, smart man. So I mean that was uh, interesting but I mean doing the aerial stuff I did a lot of off the top rope because it was safe and I was safe for the guys, and I knew where I was going to land. Yeah, Good times, man. All right, Virtue, we have covered just about everything, and I got to ask for your plugs one more time.
0: All right, so follow me on Twitter at NoDQ underscore Virtue. Go to my Facebook, NoDQ.com slash Virtue with a small V. You will see the indie stuff I do around Cleveland posted there, all my videos and columns. Go to
1: either one. Uh, that I don't use anything as personal. It's all virtue, baby. All right. All virtue. And for the big people here who are on Twitch, hit the red button. Be a subscribe, baby. Subscribe. It's free. Go to Amazon. It's free. Go to The Big Vito Brand. It's free. Subscribe to all our stuff. Go to Patreon. Go to Twitch. Go to our Facebook. Go to Twitter. And subscribe, people. And I know everybody is digging the beard. The beard, just, you know, it's the new look. It's the mob scene. It's just being cool. And you never know who's going to be in that new detective movie coming out. All right, people. This has been another great edition of Getting Color. Remember, check the scandal with Vince Russo. We got beef. You know, Vince is under investigation. That's going to be the new headlines for tomorrow. And for all you out there, Reese's Pieces, peace out, and I'll see you later.